Welcome to the third season of Learning Bible Truth Ministries. I am the founder, host, and teacher, Dr. Kamala D. This ministry is here to teach you Bible truth. Teaching truth allows you to grow in faith and learn how to walk in God's amazing grace. I sometimes read entire books in the Bible so you can know the story, not just the scripture. I also teach a series about a certain subject, so I want you to invite family and friends. Get your Bibles, grab a pen and paper so you can take notes. Now sit back, relax, and learn Bible truth. Hi, Saints. I'm Dr. Kamla D. of Learning Bible Truth Ministries. I thought that I would share some beautiful prayers with you right now. It's about an hour, maybe an hour and a half long. It's prayers that will help deliver you from the ways of the world. It's prayers that will teach you how to pray God's word back to him. You have to remember that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And if you don't hear God's word, you don't have faith. These are some beautiful prayers. I meditate on them continuously. And when I'm not praying in the spirit and I want to pray with the understanding or listen to prayers with the understanding, I meditate on these prayers all the time. And so I was very anxious to share these prayers with you after meditating on them today. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Everybody just wants to live their life in peace. And yet, without even realizing it, we face an enormous amount of pressure every day. We face pressure from our society, our peers, even our friends and colleagues at work. Pressure to achieve worldly success and pleasure, to accumulate wealth, to find lasting romantic love. None of these are necessarily bad things, but the world put these things in place of God and often encourages sin in the pursuit of them. It's easy to fall into conformity, to do what unbelievers do and to be as they are. But as Christian men and women, we are called to model our lives on Christ. We're called to live in a godly manner, fearing the Lord and obeying Him, even when it doesn't make sense to the rest of the world. Romans 12 verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. The opposite of conformity is a renewed mind. The way God views the world and our lives is counterintuitive to everything our culture teaches. Therefore, we must be willing to let him change us and reteach us how to think. Then we will be equipped to live a life that is pleasing to him. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 14 to 16 says, As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, since it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. 
The reason the world acts the way it does is because of ignorance. They do not comprehend the beauty and the worth of the gospel. They do not understand that what God has in store for them is infinitely better than the empty promises of sin. But God has opened our eyes. He has called us out of our ignorant ways into something greater. 2 Corinthians 7 verse 1 Since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. In the Old Testament, the Hebrew people would perform ritual cleansings after encountering anything unclean. What if we showed that same kind of dedication to the spots of worldliness in our lives? What if we were determined to make a clean break with any habit, any behavior, any attitude not pleasing to God? 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 21 says, Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. Oftentimes, we act like the world because we're afraid of stepping on toes. We're afraid of the ridicule or the criticism we might even receive if we show ourselves to be true followers of Christ. And deep down, we're afraid that somehow by letting go of this world, we might be missing out. But when we separate ourselves from this world, we are not depriving ourselves of any good thing. Rather, we are taking hold of the promises of God, which are far greater. Let us pray. Father God, thank you for giving me a hope and a purpose beyond what this world has to offer. Because of what you've done for me, I don't have to live like the rest of the world lives. And yet, I am still tempted by earthly desires. There's so much pressure in this world to be like everyone else, to blend in with the crowd. Sometimes I'm just overwhelmed by the desire to fit in and not draw any attention to myself. But I know that you have called me to greater things. I know that you have called me to stand out, to live differently, and to think against the grain. Lord, help me to never conform to the wicked ways of this world their way of living. It leads to death and destruction, but your way leads to everlasting life. I may have to endure ridicule and mockery in this life. I may have to offend some people or put myself in an uncomfortable position, but I know that my reward in heaven will be so much greater. Father, help me to be on guard against worldly traps. Don't let me fall into habits that grieve your Holy Spirit. Don't let me start acting in ways that harm my witness for Christ. So often Satan disguises sin as something good and desirable. Lord, help me not to only recognize these works of darkness, but also to expose them and warn those around me so that they won't be caught unaware. Give me the courage and strength to stand up against evil whenever I see it. Build within me a character that is fully equipped and emboldened to stand for the gospel. 
for the gospel is the only thing with the power to transform lives and hearts. In this dark and sinful world, Lord, let that transformation begin in my own mind. Change my desires so that I no longer think or act like the world, but instead imitate the example of Christ in all of my conduct. Instead of bitterness, fill me with love. Instead of jealousy, fill me with gratitude. Break me of every habit and attitude that resembles the world and teach me to obey you instead. May your Holy Spirit fill me and help me to discern your perfect will for my life. I know that I cannot follow your will without letting go of all of my earthly treasures and fully surrendering to you. So, Heavenly Father, consecrate me. Set me apart for service in your kingdom. May the world look at my life and notice a difference. And may they give glory to the one whom all glory belongs. Cleanse my heart so that when I come to you, Lord, my heart will be positioned to seek your face and submit to your will. Because if I am aligned with the will of God, my prayers will be powerful and effective. So help me to seek first the kingdom of God and bow to your will. Lord, I acknowledge my dependence on you as my provider, as the one who sustains me and preserves me. May you take delight in my prayer life. May you take delight in my custom and habits, Lord. So be glorified, Lord. May you continue to help me to build my prayer life. May you continue to be with me and reveal yourself to me more and more each day. I choose to meditate on your word day and night so that my mind may be infiltrated and filled with thoughts that are true, noble, just, pure, lovely, and of good report. I pray that your word would begin to change me from the inside out. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Society loves to tell us what we need. We're told that you need a good education. You need to watch what you eat. You need to save for a rainy day. You need to work harder than everybody else. For the most part, we just accept these cultural views without question. Even in the church, we're often told what we need to be doing. We need to pray. We need to pay our tithes. We need to be active members of the church. This list of rules might benefit us to a certain extent, but they don't address our soul's greatest need, and that is to be rescued and redeemed by Jesus Christ. Our soul's greatest need is 
accepting the Lord Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. The Bible says in Romans chapter 6 verse 23, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, even greater than our physical temporary needs is our eternal and spiritual needs. The Bible says all of us fall short of God's perfect standard. On our own, we are rightly to be condemned to eternal punishment. We needed a saviour. We needed someone who would take that punishment upon himself and give us his righteousness in exchange. And in his mercy, God provided us his own son as the perfect solution. It was our sin that was placed upon Jesus Christ so that in exchange we would be saved. And so hear me when I tell you that above all else what we really need is Jesus. What we truly need in our lives is to accept him as our Lord and Saviour. And accepting him means that we bow down, we surrender, we give our lives to him. You don't simply accept Jesus Christ and continue to do as you please. When you accept him, there has to be a change. There has to be a shift in your behavior. The process begins where your mind is transformed and renewed. You begin to bear good fruit. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Our need was great, but God supplied this gift, this wonderful gift of salvation. And I urge you to accept Jesus Christ, accept the gift of salvation today. The Lord did not ask us to save ourselves. He did not ask us to come up with a solution on our own. Jesus Christ did it all for us and all we must do is repent and confess him to be Lord and Saviour and the ruler of our hearts. Mark chapter 2 verse 17 says, And when Jesus heard it, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. If you are severely ill, it's hard to think about anything other than your illness. In the same way, before we worry about all of our minor needs, we must make sure that the needs of our souls are being met. I urge you to investigate your heart. Get right with the Lord and then you will be better equipped in every other part of life. Too often the cares of this world distract us from what is truly important. Psalm chapter 42 verse 1 reads, 
as a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. Philippians chapter 4 verse 19 reads, And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. With this understanding, let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for supplying every single need of mine according to the riches of your grace. You have taken care of me all throughout my life and blessed me beyond what I deserve. And for that, Lord, I thank you. I praise you and my heart is filled with gratitude. Lord, this world has presented me with a list of things that I supposedly need in order to be happy and to be fulfilled. But I know that my greatest need is to simply have a close and intimate relationship with you, Lord. My soul's greatest need is you, Jesus Christ. And without you, I am lost. I am headed on a path of destruction if I turn away from you. And Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit would convict me to chase after you, to open my eyes so that I can realize how much I need you. I need you not only to save me from eternal destruction, but I need you in order to function in this life. You are the only one who can meet my ultimate need for salvation and restoration. I pray that you would never let me forget how much I need you, regardless of the blessings, regardless of the success that may come my way. I pray, Lord, in agreement with everyone listening. May the Holy Spirit move within our hearts. May he set a fire in our hearts so that we would never forget that as your children we need you each and every day. We need you more than wealth. We need you, Lord, more than the silver and gold that this world has to offer. We need you more than any earthly relationship or even food and water. Inside this mortal body is a soul, a soul uniquely created by you for a purpose. I was made to worship you. I was made to serve you, to love you and to be loved by you. So help me to prioritize you above every other earthly need. Forgive me when I downplay the importance of my walk with you. Forgive me, Lord, because at times I can get so easily distracted by lesser things. And so I pray that the Holy Spirit would be my guide to turn my focus on you. Lord, I need you in every area of my life. I pray that you would keep watch over my health, preserve my peace of mind, protect me from the evil one, and renew my strength each and every day. 
I know that these blessings are the natural overflow of a life that is centered on you. And Lord Jesus, even as I pursue you as my greatest need, I ask that you would take care of every other need in my life. Provide for me physically and provide for me emotionally, Lord. I know that just as you take care of the birds and the lilies of the field, you will supply me with all that I need. I thank you, Lord. Thank you for never letting go of me. I bless your holy name. Thank you for listening to this prayer. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. There is a flood coming, a wave. We're told in Revelation chapter 12, verse 12, that therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath, because he knows that his time is short. The devil knows and he understands that his time is short. His days are numbered, and so he is coming with an anger. He's coming for the believers, trying to get them to backslide. He's coming for those who are on fire for God, and he's trying to get them to a state of being lukewarm. He's coming for the family and for the home, all so that he can steal, kill, and destroy. But the Bible says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Meaning that should the devil try to flood your life, then in Jesus' name the gates of hell shall not prevail. Whatever the flood may be, God will raise a standard against him. You have a deliverer in Jesus. You are on higher ground when you stay in the presence of the Lord. You have a defense in Jesus, an impenetrable fortress, and no flood from the devil can harm you. In speaking of his own return, Jesus said in Matthew 24, verse 37 to 39, but as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark, and did not know until the flood came and took them all away, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Jesus desired to let his followers know that if we could discern and understand the times leading up to the flood, then perhaps we could discern and understand the season in which he, Jesus, would return. It's all about having the awareness to know that when these things start happening, when people become comfortable and start pushing God out of their lives, when sin and wickedness is the norm, when you start to feel the birth pains, then you know, you know that the return of Christ 
is near. If we have truly put our faith in Jesus, our lives will show it. If we've truly been born again, our lives will show it. If we have truly been transformed, renewed, revived in our hearts, soul, and spirit, then our lives will show it. His love will permeate our hearts and overflow into every part of our lives. We will become more patient. We will become more compassionate and merciful. We will stand boldly for righteousness. We will seek to share the gospel with all who need to hear it. All these things are aspects of what it means to be an effective servant in God's kingdom. They are outward expressions of an inward belief. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the honor of coming before you today. John 15 verse 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Lord, so long as I am in you, so long as I abide in you, I will bear much fruit. But apart from you, I can do nothing. Father, though I may water many seeds in this life, you are the one who gives me growth. You need nothing from me, and yet you desire to use me. Thank you, Lord, that your plan does not depend on my strength, my might, my willpower, but on your grace alone. Jesus, I desire nothing more than to come before you on judgment day and hear you say, well done, my good and faithful servant. So help me be an effective Christian. Don't let me become idle or lazy in your kingdom. Don't let me become content with sitting back and waiting to one day enter heaven. Move me to action in this life. Use me to accomplish whatever it is that you desire. Use me to build your church. Use me to witness to lost souls. Use me, Lord, for your glory. Let me be a believer who demonstrates mercy, forgiveness, and kindness to others. Lord, use me to display your goodness to everyone around me. Stir me awake from the slumber of a comfortable life because the plans you have for me are so much better than anything I could ever dream. Lord, you are the potter and I am the clay. Mold me as you will. Make me more like you each and every day. Forgive me when I fall short and give me the wisdom to seek you first in every decision. Lord Jesus, I trust and believe that the trials you allow me to face will reveal the treasure that's inside of me. Lord, I accept that the afflictions you allow me to face will develop me and turn me into an empowered and effective member in the body of Christ. May you produce a new level of faith within me. I commit all of my ways to you. I commit my plans to you, Father, and I relinquish control over to you, King Jesus. Have your way, Father. 
Your word tells me in 2 Corinthians 16 verse 9 that the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. Father, as your eyes search the whole earth, when you look to strengthen those whose hearts are committed to you, I pray that you may find my heart to be committed to you. I pray that you would find my heart to be full of faith and burning brightly for you. May you find me, Lord, to have a heart that is full of trust and reliance in you. Lord, I pray that I may never be too busy for you. May I never be too tired to pray and give you thanks. I pray that my heart would never be too busy for your word. As your eyes search the whole earth for those loyal to you, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would see me find my heart to be committed to you. See me to have a surrendered and willing heart, a heart that looks only to you. May you find a heart that is satisfied only in your presence. I humbly ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, we love comfort. Whether you're a Christian or not, whether you're a pastor or an atheist, whether you're a rock star or a janitor, we all love to be comfortable. It's natural. It's human. But the danger in being comfortable, or rather too comfortable, is that we get complacent so easily. Yes, so easily. In this world, in your everyday life, including in your career, being comfortable can very quickly lead you to be in the same box as being lazy. Because if there's no fire in your belly to work hard for something, if you're not focused and working towards something, then this leads to less success, less money, less skill, less recognition. But in your Christian walk, being comfortable leads to being lukewarm. We have to consciously choose to live with a fire in our hearts for the Lord and know that everything we do is about that Jesus. Everything we do is for Jesus. We have to. We must make sure that everything we do is unto Jesus. Everything we do is to better our relationship with the Lord. It's to give him glory and praise. Now, it won't always be comfortable to do this. There will be times where it means you have to sacrifice. There will be times when you will have to humble yourself. There will be times that you will have to serve. If you're in a comfortable place, you'll be unable to do any of this. But if you have that fire in your belly, that fire in your heart for God, then your attitude will be one that says, Lord, wherever you lead me, I will follow. So remember, it's a dangerous thing to be too comfortable as a child of God. 
It's not to say you can't be comfortable, but rather don't let your comfort mean that working for God, serving God, becomes an inconvenience. It should be a privilege to serve in the kingdom of God. Being too comfortable means that you see it as an inconvenience. And the final point of danger that I'd like to mention is being too busy for God. It's a dangerous thing to become so busy that you cannot accommodate the Lord in your schedule. People these days seem to think that being ridiculously busy is somehow the way to be. It makes some people feel important. But there is no merit to just being busy for the sake of being busy. There is also nothing to gain spiritually if you're working all the time with no regard for your spiritual life. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? This mindset is a distraction to the Christian's walk with God. There is real danger in becoming too busy for God. Work, family, friends, hobbies, relationships, whatever life may bring, there are a world of distractions waiting for you in every corner of your mind. There are even people who can't see that they're distracted because their busy work is actually religious work. It's sad but prevalent in Christians to get caught up doing things for God while not spending any time with God. The personal relationship is actually being neglected while outwardly it looks like you're thriving because of religious acts and work. I know of many Christians that do God's work but are actually starving for spiritual food in their personal lives. God wants us to serve for his purpose, of course. But don't let anything, not even religious work, be a distraction to your actual relationship with God. He wants your real heart, your whole heart, and he wants it sincerely. Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Lord Jesus, I pray that I would not be accustomed to or conformed to this world. Philippians 3 verses 20 through 21 say, But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body, by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Thank you, Lord, for this blessed and reassuring word that my citizenship is in heaven with you. I belong with you, Lord, and heaven is my home. This is why I understand that friendship with the world is enmity with God. And so I do not wish to be a friend of the world and make myself an enemy of the one true God. But I would rather be rejected by the world and accepted by you, Lord Jesus. Father, in the moments when I feel like holding on to things that you're calling me to let go of, may the Holy Spirit press upon my heart and remind me of your sacrifice on the cross. Fill my heart with an enthusiasm for your kingdom. As your word tells me, Father, help me to seek first the kingdom of God and all its righteousness. Lord, let this be my heart's desire. 
Lord, I pray for a heart of worship like David. I too want to chase after your heart. I too want to worship you in spirit and in truth. Dear God, give me the boldness of the three Hebrew boys. The boldness to remove every idol in my life. The boldness to refuse to bow down to anything that tries to take your place in my life. I pray that I would be willing to give up everything for you because you gave it all for me. May I be obedient to your word and take up my cross each day and follow you. Father, I know that you call me not to a life of comfort, but to one of sacrifice. I know that this life will not be easy. The narrow road will not be easy, but by your grace, I pray that I will find the strength to march forward. I know that to follow you, Lord, is to give up every other allegiance. But I also know that you are of far more value than anything I could lose. Help me to let go of every idol that I've been clinging to. Lord, give me a willing and obedient heart. Like Abraham, let me gladly lay down my most prized possessions and build you an altar of worship. All I have, all that I am, God, it all belongs to you. So let my body be a living sacrifice to you, holy and pleasing, set apart for service in your kingdom. Help me to build my life upon you, even if it means giving up things that I love and treasure. Give me the courage to trade good things for the best things. Whatever you call me to do, wherever you call me to go, may I do it gladly and without hesitation. Help me not to mourn the things I lose, but rejoice in what I have gained. Your word says, whoever loves his life will lose it, but whoever lays it down will find it in the end. Lord, I lay my life before you now, trusting that whatever I give up will be multiplied in eternity. Give me faith to stay the course, Lord, even when I can't see the outcome. Abraham didn't know that you would spare Isaac, but he trusted that your plan was far greater than his. May my life always reflect that willingness to sacrifice everything to obey your perfect will. Jesus, I come before you with open hands, withholding nothing from the one who owns all things. Lord Jesus, I believe that you are my keeper. You are my shepherd and you are the Prince of Peace. God, be glorified. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Acts 16, verses 25 and 26 say, But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake, so powerful that the very foundations of the prison were shaken. And at once, all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains 
were unfastened. Oh, how important it is to remember that faith and present circumstances don't always go hand in hand. You can have faith in God, but still endure difficult circumstances. Oh, faith doesn't make you exempt from the trials of life. Paul and Silas had faith. There were strong men of God who performed miracles and cast out demons. But if you looked just at their circumstances, it looked like God had abandoned them. From the outside looking in, you could ask, where is your God? And we too can at times feel like this. Because of the problem, because of the situation, because of the environment we're in, it can sometimes feel like God no longer has his hand over our lives. But here's the beauty of our Lord. Sometimes our circumstances test our faith with the aim of building and strengthening us as children of God. Sometimes our circumstances are actually opportunities. Opportunities for us to witness the wonder-working power of the Lord. The test can be there simply to serve as a reminder that God can make a way where there seems to be no way. So I encourage you, should you find yourself in a season that's left you wondering, is God punishing me? Just be encouraged by the story of Paul and Silas. When there looks to be no way out, when you're in a position of weakness and isolation and pain even. Do what Paul and Silas did. Pray and praise. Praise and pray. Praise him in the morning. Praise him at midnight. During your darkest hour. Call on the name of Jesus Christ. When your circumstances don't match your faith. Maybe you are bound or chained in some area of your life. There is a God who breaks chains and sets captives free. Maybe you're in a dark place and it feels like you're in a prison, but the light that is Jesus Christ can burn away the darkness. In him, there is freedom. I love that 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9 say, We are pressured in every way, hedged in, but not crushed perplexed, unsure of finding a way out, but not driven to despair, hunted down and persecuted, but not deserted to stand alone, struck down, but never destroyed. So should you feel pressured by your circumstances, the Lord won't allow you to be crushed. Yes, of course, you will find yourself experiencing situations that will leave you perplexed and scratching your head. But you will never, never be driven to despair. Even though it may feel like tough times are hunting you down and persecuting you, Jesus Christ will never desert you. He will never forsake you. And oh, we've all been struck down at some point. But thank you, Lord Jesus, that you will never leave us to be destroyed. So I encourage you to never let present circumstances overpower your faith. 
God will make a way when you keep your faith in Him. Dear God, Your Word says in Deuteronomy 10, verse 12, And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all His ways, to love Him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Father, help me so that I may not have any fear in this world, but rather may I only fear you, my God. I pray that I may walk in your ways. Help me to not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor to stand in the way of sinners, nor to sit in the seat of the scornful, Lord, I desire to be completely devoted to you, to hunger and thirst for you. So, I pray that you would remove everything that might hinder my growth. Remove everything that might hinder me from walking with you. I pray that nothing would block me from chasing after you, God. Father, I ask that you would remove any hurdles from my past that may try and pull me back into a state of discouragement. Lord, remove all past rejections, all past failures, past hurts, anything that might hinder my walk with you. Help me, Lord, as I hold on to your word that says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord, the Lord who made heaven and earth. My help to overcome adversity is found in you, Jesus. My strength to conquer every demon and every obstacle is drawn from Christ. Lord Jesus, I will forever stand on your word to claim, to declare, to pronounce, and to speak victory before I can even see it. Your word is powerful and living. If joy is absent in my heart, then I look to your word which tells me that the joy of the Lord will be my strength. If there is unrest in my mind, if there is any hint of conflict or confusion, I stand by your word which tells me that you are not the author of confusion but of peace. My portion is to have a sound mind. My portion is to be led to still waters. So as long as I wait on you, Lord, I believe that you will restore me from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. Matthew 22 verse 37 says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Lord, give me a heart that obeys you. Transform this cold heart of flesh of mine and give me a new heart of faith, a heart that is filled with your love and a deep hunger for you. Lord, give me a heart that places you right at the center as King and Lord of my life. 
as King and Lord of my soul and as King and Lord of my mind. Your word in 1 Peter 1 verse 13 says, Therefore gird up the loins of your mind, be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Today I rest my hope fully on the grace that I have received from Jesus Christ. Amazing grace. A grace that covers a multitude of sins. I bless your name, King Jesus, for listening to my prayer. You are great and worthy to be praised. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. And Heavenly Father, may I add, those who are listening, including myself, that we stand in agreement with every single prayer that we just heard. We believe every word. We stand in faith. We trust you, Lord, and we trust you alone. Lord, I know that you can make a way out of no way because you constantly make a way out of no way for me. I know that you are a healer because you have healed me. Father God, I know that you are a deliverer because you have delivered me. Please, Lord, allow those who are listening to this prayer for the first time to believe and trust in your word so that their faith can grow. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Amen. And let me say again, amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Saints, I hope these prayers blessed you. I ask that you allow them to pray so that it can release positive energy into your house, into your workspace, in your car, while you are showering, while you are bathing, while you come home from a rough day at work and just relax. Allow these prayers to penetrate your spirit. Trust me, you will experience the peace of God. And let me tell you something. Don't allow the devil to talk to you and tell you that you don't have to pray a long time. Let me tell you something. Part of that is true. You can pray 20 hours straight if you want to. Just make sure it's in private and you are sincere. You can pray five minutes if you want to. Make sure it's in private. You are not trying to please man and you are sincere and faith is attached. And with that said, saints, I will see you guys either on Saturday or Sunday so that we can continue the race, religion and racism series taught by the late great pastor. Dr. Apostle Frederick Casey Price Sr. So until next time, saints, peace out.